0: Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. Question Have you ever misunderstood what a job would be like? Anybody ever misunderstood what a job would be like? Some of you are like, every job, every single job, that is what has happened to me, right? Uh, I was thinking about this question, and actually I went all all the way back to my first job. So in my first job, uh, where I was paid by someone I didn't know, okay, um, I was maybe about 14 or 15, something like that, and I, uh, I, it was my job at the time growing up to mow the lawn uh, at, my, at my house. Um, I don't know why that became my job, but actually I didn't really mind it. It was like, yeah, this is cool, I can do this. And so when uh, an opportunity arose um, for, I think it was maybe at the Y, some community center, they, they said, hey, we're having lawnmower safety classes, okay? And at the end of the safety class, you can put your name down on this list and make yourself available for hire, and so I was like, okay, that's cool. I probably I probably should take the lawnmower safety class anyways, right? Nobody ever taught me anything about lawnmower safety, so my dad was just like, hey, here, go cut the grass. Here's this, you know, motorized uh, spinning blade of death. Just you know, go for it, right? And so I, I went to the safety class. I did successfully complete it on the first try, which was great, and uh, and I put my name down on this list. And lo and behold, uh, maybe a couple weeks later a woman calls me and says, hey, are you, are, are you interested in coming to cut my grass? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great, that's fantastic. And so I rode my bike, you know, this was, uh, this was before I could drive, of course, and, and I, just, I just said to her, look, I can't bring a lawnmower, right? So I don't have that capability, and she says, that's, that's fine, I've got, a, I've got a lawnmower you can use. I'm like, great, so I ride my bike down there. And um, it was definitely a job that I, I misunderstood some things about, okay? Uh, One of the things I definitely misunderstood about it was the payment. So, um, you know, I mean, she had said, uh, this is a job, this is clearly a paying situation. Um, But I remember when I received the payment, that even though I didn't have any money at all, right, so like some money is better than no money, I think, um, that I was disappointed. I was definitely disappointed by the payment. And you might say, hey, didn't you, why didn't you like ask what the payment was before you went, look, this is my first job, okay? relax. So I, you know, so I, I received the payment and I just remember actually being disappointed. I remember that it involved, uh, coins in, uh, you know, and now this is a long time ago, right? But not like 1935. Okay. So it still should not have involved coins, especially in the denominations that, uh, it involved. And so, so the payment was disappointing, but, uh, and part of why the payment was disappointing was because, um, the other part of the Job that I definitely didn't understand was that when I got there, it was a very regularly sized yard uh, in, in Boulder, which is, you know, it was a pretty good size front and back. And she said she had a lawnmower, right? And I got there and she said, Here's my lawnmower. And anyone know what a push reel mower is? Does anybody know what that is? Okay. So if you don't know what a push reel mower is, you know, I had a gas powered lawnmower, right? where the gas and the motor do the work in a push reel mower you do the work right (laughs) you push the thing all around and like i said this is a big yard there's like twigs and like gumballs all over the place it was just it was just like a nightmare right it was a nightmare i had i had definitely not understood the requirements of this job, and uh, and that made it very difficult, right? Um, and so, you know, this happens to us all the time. I think in, in normal life, in real life, and and it's in our passage this morning. It's it's definitely something that the people listening, and I think by implication, us as well, uh, as we seek to follow Jesus, that we we maybe have some misunderstanding about the job that can be clarified. I hope so. That's what we're going to be doing this morning in John chapter 6. So we're going to be in John 6 here. Uh, This is Jesus' discourse or sermon in the synagogue in Capernaum. We'll be in here for two weeks, and I'll be back next week to talk about the rest of it. Um, But the context for John 6 is a bunch of things, actually, and the context is pretty important. Okay, Um, And I'll try to go through these quickly, but... You know, Jesus at this point in his ministry, he's been uh, going around doing a lot of healings. He's becoming known. He's ministering to people in the uh, Galilee region. And there's crowds that are starting to follow him. And so famously, right before this passage here, Jesus has fed the 5,000, right? He's had this crowd, this big crowd on the outskirts of a town. He feeds the 5,000, this incredible miracle. And as, after he does that, An interesting thing it says in John is that um, Jesus, first of all, he retreats. He decides, like like the men are about to do, right, that he has to get away to be with his father. Okay, And the other thing that that it notes is that the people wanted him to be their king, their political king. It says that the, uh, the people were going to force him, take him by force to become their king. And Jesus knew that, and so he retreated. So then after that, the disciples, he sends the disciples back to Capernaum. He sends them across the, the Sea of Galilee. And so they're on a boat. And also famously, this is a uh, time when, uh, oh, there's the sea. Um, yeah, I can, I can do the slides, Andrew. Um, so the Sea of Galilee is here. We'll, we'll come back to there. There it is. Um, so they're going, we actually aren't exactly sure where they're coming from. It uh, might be Tiberias, might be the other side of the lake, but they've got to cross the Sea of Galilee to get to Capernaum up at the top there. Okay. And uh, in the process of doing that, they run into this big storm, right? They run into this big storm, and Jesus is not with them. And famously, Jesus walks on the water to get to them. Peter in, uh, in Matthew's account, he comes out, he walks on the water also, they get in the boat. And then actually one thing that I always I, I, like, forget about that is that it says the boat after Jesus gets in it immediately got to the shore. So, so it's like another miracle on top of that. I don't know, just put on the turbo jets. We're like, we're there. So, um, so that is what is all happening as we enter into being in Capernaum, okay? And we'll pick up uh, in verse 22, okay? So John 6, verse 22. It says, on the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but those his disciples had gone away alone. Right? So that's what we just talked about. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. So here the crowd, again, is following him around, and they have just seen this great miracle. Probably what's happening is they've picked up some other people, right? That's kind of the implication we get is that, again, word is getting around that there's this, there's this guy, Jesus, who's doing these crazy miracles, and they're trying to go away, uh, they're trying to seek after him and where he went, even though Jesus is like a little bit hiding from them, Right. Um, but it says they went to Capernaum because who, who knows what, you know, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. What's significant about Capernaum? Anybody can tell me that? Anyone? No? Uh, Capernaum is where Jesus basically made his home, okay? So Jesus and the disciples, that was a little bit their home base. And so it was like a reasonable place to go look for him, right? Because they hung out there a lot. Okay, and so they're seeking Jesus, and Jesus, as we'll find out later in the chapter, he's actually in the synagogue, right? He's in the Jewish synagogue, and they're probably in some sort of synagogue service of sorts. And then this dialogue happens. It says, when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Right? So they're confused. They're like, hey, we were looking for you, we thought you were over there, but then you know your disciples came over here, like, how did you get here? Okay? Now the, uh, the accurate answer, or an accurate answer to this question is, like, well, I walked, right? Or I, you know, I, t- I caught up with my disciples I, uh, by walking across the water, and then I got a boat, and, and now I'm here, right? That's, that's the answer to the question that they're asking. Um, if you know the passage, does Jesus answer the question like that? Of course, he does not, right? And, um, and, you know, so this is always, uh, we, we like to point this out whenever, whenever possible. And it is that Jesus does not always answer, or maybe most of the time, does not answer your direct questions with direct answers, okay? That's just something to get used to. <laughs> it's something to even know going in. Um, it's not something to keep you from asking Jesus your questions. Uh, because what he's looking for is engagement, Right? He may not be looking for, uh, to, to answer exactly what you're asking him, but what we're gonna see Jesus doing is that he's gonna go deeper with them, right? So the series is the way in, is the way on, and so often what Jesus is doing with us is kind of going a, a layer deeper, and so that's what he's gonna say here. He's, Jesus answered them, "'Truly, truly, I say to you, "'you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Okay? So what does that mean? What's he saying there? Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw the signs. What, is, what does that mean? It's like, well, he, they did see a sign, right? They saw, they saw him feed the 5,000. Um, next week, we're going to get into more his discourse on the bread of life. They're going to talk more about what the signs are. It seems like in some sense, they were looking for a sign. And what, what does that mean anyways? Well, it really is about, what Jesus is really saying is that the main thing you were interested in was two things. One, like I mentioned earlier, they were interested in him becoming king, political king. And two, they were interested in being fed, right? They had kind of a material focus or an outward and external focus on uh, what Jesus was doing. And what Jesus is trying to do now, he's trying to reorient how they're thinking about things, right? He's trying to reorient them from these external factors, into more internal factors and saying that the signs are actually, the signs of him being Messiah is what they should have been looking for. And so in verse 27, he says this, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give you for on him, God, the father has set his seal. So um, in, your little, in the little notes there, I've got those words highlighted. Do not work for the food that perishes, but the food that endures for eternal life. So again, what is Jesus trying to do there? He's trying to say that there, is, that there are different types of work, right? There's a work for food that is temporal, and there's another kind of work that is eternal, okay? Okay. He's trying to draw, start drawing this distinction for them, again, to reorient them a little bit. And so let's keep going. So then they say to him, and this is working. They're kind of getting reoriented a little bit. They say to him, well, what, was, what must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. That you believe in him who, is, who he has sent. Okay, so this is really where we're gonna camp out a little bit for the rest of the time, this idea of the work being believing, all right? So that's our title this morning, our work is to be believed. And what we're just gonna do for a little bit here is talk about those three words, okay? Work, believe, and in him, okay? And the last one's easy, because it's Jesus, right? So we we, we can say that. Um, But, you know, one of the things in this series that we were trying to establish early on uh, about Jesus is, and about our relationship, about what it means to go in, is that you are already fully loved. We are already fully loved. Like, there's nothing that you do. When we talk about work, there's nothing that you can do to actually earn any more of God's love. That's not what it's about. And, in fact, then the next week, Danielle gave what I really... I and mean, honestly, it's it's a teaching that could change your life. If you didn't hear it, I would go back and find it. Um, you are also liked by God. <laughs> like you are, you are fully like. There's nothing that you could do to make God like you more. He already likes you, and so you can actually be safe. You can actually feel this security, right? Or at least you can know that it's the case that when you come to Jesus and when you let him in more, it's not about him, uh, it's not about earning his love or even earning his favor. It's not about those things. It's about something much more than that. And so we, we talked about the last couple of weeks about things that get in the way. You know, a lot of what Jesus is trying to get at is like, you know, it's, even when we're talking about things like sin and like Bill did a great job last night, uh, last week talking about false self, right? This idea that there's so many things that, you know, they may not be like morally bad necessarily, but, but they're things that we put... Uh, in place of our true identity in Christ, right? Things that we elevate. And, and so there's this idea that there's these false self things that get in the way. What are they getting in the way of? It's not about, again, about favor or about God's love. It's just about the fact that they're getting in the way of us being able to really be with Jesus. That's the point. They're getting in the way with us being uh, being able to be with Jesus. And so when we talk, when we talk about uh, the work of God, that you believe in him, it's like, that's our object, right? Jesus, this is the Jesus that we're working with here. It's someone who fully loves us, who wants to be with us, who wants to take away the things that get in the way. All right. But so let's talk about those first two words, okay? Work and believe. Um, any, uh, like any Princess Bride fans in here? Do you guys know that, yeah? So, <laughs> Lindsay's like, yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, so, so, so there's this great, great line. I mean, there's many great lines, of course. Um, but there's a the great right line of, you know, you, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means, right? And we we have this a little bit with with these these words, work and believe, I think. And I'll, I'll go through both of them. It's like, I, ironically, in The Princess Bride. Of course, um, as I was as as I was reviewing that, it's like, wait, he says inconceivable. It's actually that is actually the right word to use in that situation. I don't know, but we, we were. You ever thought about that? Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> But work, work and believe for us are things that, yeah, they, we've assigned uh, different meanings to them culturally, and they may or may not be really what the Bible is talking about when we're using those words. So we're just going to roll into that for a little bit, okay? So work, right? And Jesus talks about it in the passage already. Um, you know, our understanding of work, uh, just, you know, just for example, going back to my lawn mowing, right? Uh, if I had properly established what the wage was going to be, right, I would have been doing a task in exchange for remuneration, in exchange for compensation of some defined point. I'm earning right, what I get by doing work. And that surely is a type of work. Jesus has just said that. You can work for things that are perishable. But that's the thing about that kind of work, is that it's only for perishable things. Right, working in the world sense in the way that we most often think about is only for perishable thing. In fact, that's that's sort of a defining characteristic of it. You know, I, when I go when I go to work, well, I don't go to work. I I, I work remotely. But when I when I sit in my chair in my room, uh, and turn on my laptop, um, I I am expecting right. I am earning my paycheck. Okay, and. What Jesus is talking about here when he talks about work is not that. Um, but here's the thing. When this, when this verse is taught a lot of times that the work of God is that you believe in him, what, what you hear in it, and what, certainly what I heard growing up, is this awesome idea of grace, right? That, that salvation is a free gift of God, that you don't have to do anything to earn everything I just said. You don't have to do anything to earn God's love. All you have to do is believe Okay, but the way that comes across a lot of times, and in fact, some people will even say it, and they'll say, like, well, the work is to believe, which is no work at all. And that's actually wrong. Like, if Jesus had wanted to say that it's no work at all to believe, well, he would have just said that, right? I mean, he's, I don't think he's being coy. I don't think he's being, you know, funny, t- twisting words or anything. I think he means something different than that. Um, and, you know, I'm really... I mean, everyone who I've ever been taught that uh, from, they didn't believe that either, right? I mean, every, everyone knows in church, right? Like, I mean, why do we do church in the first place? Why do you make an effort or why do you do the thing that you're doing right now? It's because, well, there is something behind that. If believing took no work whatsoever, then you wouldn't have to do anything. But that's not what we, that's not actually what we do. That's not what we practice, so how, how should we think about that, right? Like, like, if it's not about earning, if it's not about being able to come at it from the standpoint that, um, that I guess is against grace, right, what is the work that we're talking about here? And I think one of the things that uh, is helpful to do is to maybe use a different word, right? Maybe use a different word. And Dallas Willard helps us on this tremendously. And the, work, uh, the word that we use there is effort, Okay. What Dallas Willard says, and he's a, he's a great author and theologian and pastor, he, he says that uh, grace is opposed to earning. Grace is opposed to earning. If you have the attitude that you're going to earn God's love or favor, that is wrong, right? That is not grace. But grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is not opposed to effort. And one thing I'll say about the effort, too, that, that Jesus says, right, that I'll point out, is that this effort... When Jesus talks about his yoke and his burden, he says, what? My yoke is easy and my burden is light, right? He doesn't say it's nothing. (laughs) He does not say it's nothing. But he does say that it's easy and that it's light, okay? And so we should expect and we should know, we should even embrace that there is effort involved in following Jesus. There's effort involved in believing. There is, okay? We can identify what might be effort versus you know uh, perishing works by whether it feels like it's easy and light or not uh, i have uh, this is something i'm discovering over and over again that god is not uh, god is not asking me to do things that feel like grinding it out that feel like just you know having to rev myself up and really like do something that's actually really really exhausting like god actually Even if it looks really spiritual, God isn't asking me to do those things when I really am learning to listen to him. No, his yoke is easy, his burden is light, but it is effort. And when we come into, sometimes I think because we've got this message of grace that's a little bit misunderstood about what that job is, what is our task, and we kind of think, oh, actually the job is nothing. (laughs) No, the job's not nothing. It does involve effort, and that's okay. You can actually embrace that you can actually embrace that, but you can know that it's effort that leads to eternal things. And so the other word there is believe, okay? Okay, I, I went around the block on this one. Um, I picked yield in the end, just because it's a word that we have used around here. We used it in the kingdom series, that the kingdom of God is something that has to be yielded to. But I went around the block just because I feel like there's actually not a perfect singular word for it, okay? Um, Believe, the problem with that word, of course, is that in our culture, we, have, we use it in all sorts of ways, right? Ranging from the entirely trivial, okay? Um, I believe that it's going to be sunny today, or I believe that the, you know, the Chiefs are going to win, or whatever. Like, I believe lots of, there's lots of things that um, really have very little consequence to anything that we quote-unquote believe, Right? Um, and so we use it in that context. Sometimes we will use it in the context of sort of an opinion, right? It might be something that you even thought about. Like, you you know, I don't know. I just come off the top of my eye. I I believe that uh, Oreos are, are better than Fig Newtons. I don't know, something like that. I believe, like, there's, there's thought, lots of things that you would assign that word to to offer an opinion of some sort. Um, and we have that ringing on our heads as well. I think rarely do we actually mean believe for what the Bible talks about, believing, meaning, right? Um, The Bible talks about belief, and and in this culture, even in the ways that Jesus is talking to uh, the folks in this passage, the way that they're understanding it, it is a lot deeper than that. Um, It's it's about committing yourself to. uh, It's about entrusting yourself to it. Right? You got to understand, like when the when these Jewish uh, people were listening to Jesus' message. Right, their understanding—that what they're kind of evaluating when it comes to a rabbi, like people would follow rabbis around with their lives. Right, like if you committed to this uh, particular rabbi, you're committed to this particular line of thinking. Like you would—you would immerse yourself in that. You would give yourself to that fully. Right. So that's the kind of belief that we're talking about. And and I—I I like yield. The—the the one caveat with yield is that. It's not, sometimes we think about that where it's like, it's not something that's like being done to you. Like, it's not like crying uncle because you're pinned to the mat. Okay, sometimes it feels like that, right? But for the most part, that's not what it has to be like, right? Yielding, yielding to God's rule and reign in your life is really about just choosing to entrust whatever it is that he's talking to you about back to him, you know? You come across a burden of some sort, right? You decide, you say, you know what? God, I'm going to entrust you with this the best that I can. And I might not be able to do it all the way or it might only last for the next day or the next 10 minutes. (laughs) But that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to entrust you with it, right? That's what believing is about, okay? You're yielding, right? Yielding to what God is saying. And again, it's something that ends up being easy and light. That's how you know that it's him, because he doesn't ask you to do things that aren't possible. And so, and then in him, of course, is just about Jesus. And so here's, here's kind of how I would just summarize that. It takes effort to yield to Jesus. And that's the, that's the main, that's just the main message today. Just for you to, like, accept that. <laughs> um, to welcome it maybe even to actually maybe even look forward to it it takes effort to yield to Jesus and as we move forward in the series we're going to be talking more about that Um, after next week we'll kind of take a little bit of a turn and we'll be talking about different ways that uh, Jesus leads us in right and all of those ways are going to require some effort every single one of them but that's okay it's a good thing. It takes effort to yield to Jesus. Um, you know, this, uh, this message for me, uh, I, it, it's something that's like, I've wrestled with for a while. Um, not the message itself, but this idea, right? It's something that I've wrestled with for a while and it's taken me a long time to really wrap my head around it a little bit and it's taken me even longer to be able to describe it in any way that I felt comfortable saying it from a stage. Um, and, and I kind of got there. I, I, I believe so strongly in this. I really, really do. But I was like, I actually had a hard time figuring out, like, how, how do I land this? Like, what does this really mean in our lives? Like, What does that look like? Um, and I wish I could, you know, I, I was kind of searching around. I like to use examples where um, like they're kind of wrapped up, right? Like, you can kind of look back, it feels like a testimony. Oh yes, this, this, and this happened, and it was all great at the end. Those are, I prefer those, right? I'm sure you do too. Um, So, I I, I didn't have any of those, right? Because the reality is this is actually something that I'm really just learning to accept in a different way, right? That there is effort involved, but it's not the effort, it's not the work that I had understood for a long time that it should be. Um, And so, I actually felt like You know the one thing. One one thing. I mean, there's actually many things that fall into this category, but one thing I was like, I bet I bet some people could relate to. um, Just as we as we as we wrap up and we think about how this applies, is just my own health. Okay. And so some of you know, in 2015, um, I I you know I I had never thought about my health really at all until then, until 2015. I thought little, very little about my body, um, treated it not very well. I this is, this is embarrassing to say, but this, as an example, um, when I used to go to work in the mornings, my favorite cereal was Frosted Mini Wheats. And I would take a, a Tupperware tub, like this big, and I would fill it with Frosted Mini Wheats, and then I would put cheese on it. And this is just what I did, I'm just being honest. It's, it's, it's gross, uh, I understand. And I'd pour milk on it, and then I would get in the car and eat it while I was driving to work. (laughs) So, like I said, I did not think very much about my body at that time, right? This is how I treat, this is emblematic of how I treated my body. Um, You know, people, my son, (laughs) my son uh, runs cross country, right? So I'm often asked, oh, did you also run when you were a kid? And I always say, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't actually understand why he does it. So I, I have no context for that whatsoever. So I did, not, I did not think anything about my body. And then all of a sudden, in 2015, uh, I developed, like o- overnight, literally, this autoimmune condition just flared up. And all of a sudden, I had to start to deal with my body. And, uh, and it's been a long journey, and I'm not going to, I mean, a lot of you actually know about it, but I'm not going to belabor that. Um, but it is something that uh, has required a lot of work. right? Um, and it's something that, that wor- the, the work of that, my perception of that, has started to change uh, over time here. Right? Because when I went into that period of time, I started to think, hey, you know what? If I do the work, right? If I go and I, I'm doing all this research about what to do with my body, and I'm, I'm, you know, working really hard to achieve those things in my actual life, and doing all this stuff, and I'm, I'm expecting, I'm, I'm earning, right? I'm, I'm saying that if I do these things, then I ought to be able to earn a better health outcome. And you know what? That's true in a lot of ways, right? Like. There is a correlation between how I'm, you know, how I'm doing on the one hand, how, what I'm working on, and, and how I feel, and you know, what happens. Um, but a couple of things about that is one, you know, in the end, it's perishable. I mean, we, I, I am, I am, I'm 40. I always forget how old I am. Also embarrassing. Uh, I'm 42. Okay. Uh, it's safe to say that I'm on the downhill side at this point. Right. We're we're starting to we're starting to my my you know all all of us in this cohort and there's, there's many of you in that room we this is becoming a joke amongst us right we're like we are we are starting to get old things are happening that didn't used to happen and it's just you know it's 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 getting it's getting rough and it's it's you know the mission at this point is maintenance at best I think so that's the truth it's not it is not going to get better at this point. <laughs> And so that's what that's what we're doing, right? We're 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 spending work on this. And um, but the reality is is that it's perishable. It is perishable. Um, no matter what I do, uh, my body will continue to degrade. And in fact, there's a lot of times when stuff happens, even that doesn't make sense. My last my last kind of episode that I had was this, this past March. I swear to you, I did not do anything wrong. <laughs> I really didn't. I think I was like, what happened here? I I can't point at a single thing that I did wrong. And yet there I am, laid up in bed, in massive amounts of pain. And it's like, what happened? Right? That happens. And then we get and we get sick even when we do things all the way right, right? It's perishable work, if that's the focus. But that had been my focus a lot. That's how I had understood the work of taking care of my body. And as I've been kind of going through this process here, thinking about well, how, what is the effort that Jesus is looking for? Um, well, it really, first of all, it doesn't look like me having you know, all my ducks in a row, um, if that was even possible. I think what it's about is this idea of exchanging more of the work that's perishable, right? What Jesus is saying, there's work that's perishable for work that's eternal, for effort that leads to eternal things. OK? And that, that doesn't mean that I don't take care of my body. I do, right? But what it means is that my outlook on what that is is different. And more importantly, who I'm doing that with is different. All right. When I'm earning, when I'm out there working on my health, I'm doing it by myself. And I'm saying, this is in my hands, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to earn the good results, or I'm going to pay the consequences, of it not going well. But if I can, and I, and I know this might be hard to get your head around, it, it is for me, but I might be doing physically the same things, but if I have this other mentality of effort, if I say, you know what, instead of, instead of spending uh, time and, and, and work and anxiety and worry and, um, and, and really work that feels like grinding, Maybe instead I apply effort into the things that Jesus calls me into. Maybe I spend time with him about this, right? I mean, have you, I mean, I'm curious, like if you've got like a chronic illness or something like that, like, and I only ask this question because I would have said no to this uh, not that long ago. Like, have have you spent time with Jesus not asking him to heal you, necessarily. You can ask that. That's always good, and we always do. Every week, you can come up here and ask for prayer to be healed, and we will pray for that. But if you spent time with Jesus, not asking for healing so much as just sitting in it with him and saying, you know what, Jesus, I have this thing going on in my body, and I want to entrust that to you. As best as I know how, with a little bit of effort that I have, I'd I'd like to, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to just turn that over to you. Have you done that before? Like I said, I would have said no to that, but he's starting to teach me to do that, right? Like before I get wrapped up in what's going wrong and what things are, you know, why, why things aren't happening or are happening that should be happening. Maybe I go to him first, right? I put that effort into it. And so, um, I don't know. I I hope that makes a little sense. There's, There's lots of areas in your life where this applies, and we'll get into that more and more uh, with the series. But it does take effort to entrust or to yield or to give yourself over to Jesus. So here's our way in this morning. Talk with Jesus about practical ways for you to exchange more of the work that perishes for the work of God in your daily life. And again, with that premise, knowing that you're already fully loved, right? You can't earn it. But it is an exchange, right? And, and here's, here's the last thing I'll just say about that. There is a finite amount of time and space, and in fact, I think, I forgot I put this up here. There's this great quote that has helped us in this series by John Wimmer. He says, Christianity is a life of re- revelation in which you see yourself as limited and God as unlimited. Yourself as limited, and I would maybe even say that as you see yourself more and more as being limited and more and more that God is unlimited. There is a finite amount of space and time that you, that each of us have, right? And so you can't actually fill your life with work that perishes and expect to have anything left for effort that goes to trusting Jesus. It doesn't work. There's just not the space for that. So there's an exchange that has to happen, Right? You, you do have to give up some things, some space, some time in your working for perishing stuff, which, you, which, you, which you're going to do. We're all going to do. But you've got to give some of that up in exchange for being able to put effort into trusting Jesus. That's the reality. And you know, it's good. That's the thing. It's really, it is actually really, really good. And the more you do it, and the more you can recognize that actually it's light and it's easy, it's not what you think it will be, Uh, the better it is.